Hello, hello, Carney. This is Peter Holland of the Carney Hub, alongside with Buck Mahoney, and you are listening to the Carney Hub Sports Podcast. Uh, but this is quite a week for us. How was your weekend going? Uh, my weekend went uh, fairly well. Other uh, than listen to the disaster that was UNK football. Uh, oh man, we'll get we'll get into it soon. Uh, went went to the UNK volleyball game. That was an exciting game. Twist and turn there, and uh, yeah, that was kind of it. Yeah, really interesting. Yeah, you mentioned about um, UNK football, and I was I was at the the Loper Wrestling Banquet, and they were just keeping up with the scores. And and I, at first I thought like, okay, this could be their most dominant win so far. Other uh, Missouri Southern it was twenty one nothing in the first half. Then we became 28-7, and then we became 35-7. It was like, okay, this should be a win. Then we became 35-14, 35-21, 35-28. I was like, what the heck is going on? The game, All of a sudden, the game is tied. And as soon as I got home, um, Fort Hayes State is winning 42-35. I was like, what was going on for the Loopers? They couldn't, the defense couldn't stop anyone. What was that Fort Hayes was six for six in their last drive, scoring drive for that matter? Right. They all they scored on all six possessions or in the second half. After not scoring on any of their possessions on the first half. And we talked about this last our last episode, Buck, that the biggest concern is UNK being on that edge. And it was just a matter of time for a, a team like a Fort Hayes could figure this team out or they're gonna come up short, and but that was coming from behind. UNK was leading the entire way until that fourth quarter. Yeah, the the script flipped this time. UNK got out the big lead, and then watched the other team come back. Yeah, I got nervous when it was thirty-five twenty-one. I went, "Oh, this is trouble." It did not surprise me what it ended up. That was definitely a crucial loss. I mean, it's not the end of the world. I mean. That man, I mean, they can still bounce back one loss. I mean, they're what right now they're they drop back to number rank number twenty two now. Right, number twenty two in the coaches' poll. I'm sure that there's a learning lesson for Josh Lane and the team that <laughs> it's not over until the clock reached zero. It's not over until the first half. So that was that was definitely a crucial loss for UNK, but I'm sure they'll bounce back for this come Saturday. The lesson here is that there's about six teams in the MIAA that at any moment do great damage to the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were kind of joking the other day that after the Oprah game that there's going to be probably one team that wins the conference and five teams are eight and three right behind them. Mm-hmm. Missouri. Uh, North Northwest looks like they're the one that might be the one that nobody can catch. And what we they will face them that next week after um, Missouri Western State. Are we that far down the schedule already? I think we are because yeah. Well, Emporia fits in here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was Northwest then Emporia. Somewhere about that, we'll we'll definitely uh, cross that bridge when we get there. Oh, actually, I got the schedule here. After Missouri Western State, they do got Emporia after that. Then Lincoln, and then Northwest Missouri State. That's October 30th. 
the night before Halloween. That's going to be scarier as than what the schedule says it would be. Right now, the main focus is Missouri Western State. They are two and three right now, and but they beat Fort but Hayes. They have been Fort Hayes, and they've been challenged. And I don't know, Buck. I mean, we could say that this could be a bounce back win for them, just based on their record better than theirs. But it's just like what you said, and MIAA, any team could beat anyone in their schedule. Yeah, those those top six, seven teams are all just retiring good teams. Wish them luck for um, Missouri Western against Missouri Western. And that same night, Nebraska plays Michigan. You got a homecoming game in Foster Field for UNK. And then you got a night game in Nebraska-Michigan game. Would that be a coin flick of, well, granted, the Carney um, Missouri Western State game. That's a day game. A day right. game, 2 o'clock game. Yep. So the Lovers fans don't have a reason to not attend Foster Field, especially on homecoming. I think there's going to be a pretty good crowd from what I'm hearing, man. Right? A lot of the, a lot of old football players are coming back. And when you mean old, how old are we talking? Oh, we're talking guys that are in their 30s and 40s. Okay. I hope you don't mean like those old time. Well, there might be people some like of your them age. Too. <laughs> there might be some of them too. As a matter of fact, there probably will be because Lanny Shalmadine will go into the Hall of Fame. He's well into retirement, so teammates come back. Yeah, there'll be old ones, too. Okay, okay. There's another thing I wish also mentioned uh, with T.J. Davis. T.J. Davis, didn't, he played. He didn't play terribly. He actually played well. I just, there was a stat that you and Cat Led just posted. He has the most rushing yards to date for any QB in college football, like 643 yards. He's ranked sixth in Division Two in pass efficiency. 76-4. He's the 11th low bird to reach 2,000 career rushing. He has 2,020. Oh, one time, Saturday night, he was 99 passing. Yeah. He was very efficient. Just continuing in his passing and as much of his running, we know what he will make magic there, but continue to pretty much come up, climb up in the rankings as far as being the contender for the Holland Hill Trophy. Still up for grabs. Let's don't look too far ahead yet. A lot of a lot of candidates for the Harlan Hill. You know, they haven't even announced nominees yet. There's usually about twenty five well, nominees. I, I guess so. the best I guess the best question I can ask you, what would be the best time to bring more attention to that Harlan Hill uh, trophy candidates? When when will when will they release? They right. they won't start well, they'll probably start looking at that around oh, late this month. Division two being you know, twice as big as division one. Right. There's a lot more candidates and a lot more people. Of course, with Division Two, you get less publicity, so you don't really know who all's out there. Sure, sure. That's why you have social media. So <laughs> I'll definitely keep track of that. Wish best luck for UNK football players who bounce back against the Western State. Also, got to fail to mention, I was at the Loper Wrestling Bank as I mentioned. Got a chance to speak to Cameroon. Usman, the Nigerian nightmare. Who I didn't know his nickname was Marty. People call him Marty around when he was a car. I think that was pretty interesting. That's because most people here couldn't pronounce his name. Yeah, Cameroonian. Cameroonian. Uh, so uh, I would. I don't blame him, but uh, um, got. But he was a he was a um, soft spoken kind of per, kind of person. But he was also well authentic when he spoke to the, um, the public. 
his time with UNK, the memories you talk about before he came, before he came to um, UNK, he was at William Penn to start his career and he hated it. <laughs> that to do with the snowstorms that kept him away from completing for nationals. Also talk about uh, <laughs> talk about him his daily routine at UNK, waking up six in the morning every day just to go to the rec center just to do a little cardio work. Talk about uh, his relationship with Mark Bauer, but um, yeah, it was it was fun getting to know um, Kamaru a little bit more in uh, his journey, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot that he wish he would say, but uh, but I learned a lot from him, and here's just some of uh, Kamaru what he had to say in his return to the car. It means a lot. I mean, uh, just a bit of nostalgia in that airport driving through the city of Carney. It's uh, memorable. Had some of my uh, best moments here. It's time to, so it means a great deal, and uh, I'm just happy. I'm happy to see the program doing well. I know there's been a lot of different situations, a lot of different programs being cut over the years, but to see that the UNK wrestling program and just the athletic program is still thriving means a great deal, which is one of the main reasons why I wanted to come back, just get back in any way I can. A lot of things have changed. You know, Obviously, the wrestling team won a, a few more titles, which is great, but just seeing the town as a whole, it, it's growing. And I can just see that they've made a lot of improvements. A lot of different things are going on in the city. I can see it's starting to blossom, truly. And, uh, and it's, it means a lot to me to be able to come back and see that everything is, is still on upward swing. It means a, a, a big, big deal because I was once in their shoes. And it would have meant a tremendous amount and a great deal to me had someone in my position now come back and actually speak to us and just pour a little bit of life into us. So it meant a lot. I, I wanted to actually do more than just speak with the guys today, but unfortunately I'm in training camp, so I, I can't go out there and get hurt or something. But uh, maybe next time I'll be able to at least get in there and mix it up with some of the guys because, yeah, talking to them is, is means something, but it's it's uh, it's a little different when you get to actually sweat with the guys. Just some of the impression when you first came to Carney and the Young K and just what was your impression now just looking back at it? It's uh, a lot of things seem a little smaller <laughs> when when I was there when you're just a young pup in college it, it, the world just feels so big and now until you get into the real world you realize being in that college atmosphere how kind of small that is but it's you know it was it was a good a good update for me mentally being able to be there and be around all those. Just driving through that one way next to the sports uh, health and sports centers. You know, I did that many times while I was here. So it meant a great deal for me. That was our interview with Kamaru Usman. He was, well, he was great to talk to. He was not a shy way to talk about him, his experience, and um, continuing to pave the way for current UNK wrestlers as they were working on their fundraiser for um, the new wrestling facilities. What else you want to talk about, Buck? You want to talk about Carney High, Carney Catholic? Where do you want to start first? Well, let's go back to Carney Catholic, one in uh, defensive struggle. You know, Coach Harvey has always, uh, well, for the past couple of years, has touted the defense, and the defense came up big for him. I was at that game, at Broken Bow. It was worth the trip. I could just say that for starters. And one thing I definitely would like to say, Buck, I love me a defensive struggle. I'm sure you do, too. But it's just a matter of time. One team's going to have to give in. And one thing I also learned, especially with high school football, is that you might not win all three phases of the ball, 
But if you win at least two of those three, then you have a chance. Uh, for Cardi Catholic, the offense, they weren't at their best today. Matter of fact, in the second half alone, how many passing yards they had? Zero. Zero passing yards the entire second half. It's not like it was they didn't play terribly. I mean, there were a few drop passes here and there. But it was just another message of how good Broken Bow's defense were. Um, just creating pressure. Brad Mahoney. Eh. But Broken Bow's defense, they definitely played well. But Carney Catholic defense played just as well as trying to stop um, Broken Bow's rushing attack. It didn't take until late, like three minutes in the fourth quarter when Austin Harvey had a huge run that led to a touchdown that tied the ball game. And I still even ask myself why why they went for two when they could have just simply go for an extra point. It wouldn't make a difference anyway. Just because Carney Cat still need a, at least a field goal just to get the win. Do you have a, have insight uh, about that? Broken Bow hasn't kicked an extra point or field goal all year long. So apparently don't have a kicker. <laughs> I, I, that's, that was what I was thinking too. They have no kickers. But I think what also what really will really help was also their special teams as well. Carney Catholic, after that kickoff, their returnman, I, I, what his name, Isaiah, Isaiah Gunn, he made a huge 50-yard kickoff return with the help of Carson Murphy. I think he made a, a key block on one of the runners, and it led them to a huge run, and it just turned into Brad Mahoney and, and Riley Greaser running the football. They had to earn those yards. It was tough for them, but they made... Enough for Max McBride to get the 34-yard field goal to win the game. So that was a that was a, probably the toughest toughest win for Carney Catholic, but that was also needed for them because you can honestly say, other than that St. Paul game, that, that was like their best game they had played all year. It was a bend, but no don't break. But also, when their offense wasn't doing too well. Their defense and special teams picked it up, and they managed to survive against a really good broken bow team. And that's, they're going to need that going forward um, for these remaining three games. Yeah, Friday night we have a rematch of last year's state semifinal with Adam Central. Um, Kearney Catholic beat Adam Central in the regular season. Adam Central won the semifinal game on a very cold night in Hastings. <laughs> <laughs> How cold are we talking? Well, what's we the temperature there? I don't remember the temperature. I just remember my fingers were stiff and I got it right. <laughs> it was cold. <laughs> well, one thing I know about this Adam Sancho Carney Catholic, just from a basketball side, it's always been tight. It's always been a close ball game. And I'm sure it wouldn't be any different with the football side, knowing that most of these guys play are probably on the basketball team as well. Yeah, Adams Central and Kearney Catholic were the two big schools in the Luplak Conference, which put them head-to-head for a lot of championships. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've they've had a good rivalry. You know, it's not a mean, nasty rivalry. It's just a good, you know, two, we got to play. Two highly competitive teams in their class. They can run the football well. I was just looking at some of um, Adam Central's guys. Um, I think one notable player to look out for is um, Hyatt Collins. Um, is his name. He's already at 732 yards and eight touchdowns. He looks like a bruising back, that guy who can run downhill. Another guy, who named, and he's only a junior too. And then there's Nick Connett, who was, um, was already almost at 500 yards. He has 448. So you're talking about two guys alone over 1,200 yards with um, Adam Central's off 
rushing attack is a total of 1,458 rushing yards. So defense is going to have to continue to, the way they're performing, they're going to have to continue to stop the run. And they've done that against Broken Bow, and I'm sure they're going to have to do that against Adam Central. Right. They'll have Adam Central doesn't have the passing game that they had a year ago. That was really the difference of the semifinal game. Right, right. And all around, uh, if they can get through Adam Central, I mean, you got Holdridge, and then you got Kozak. Kozak had their first loss. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. So this is, I even mentioned it in our last episode, that this could be probably a, a tough stretch for them before um, their postseason play, just with those going against these top-tier teams like Adam Central and then Kozak later on. Assuming they were able to, can they continue to go undefeated or to finish the year nine and zero? They yeah, they very yes. easily can do that. I, I think they can because defense wins championships, and they're playing great defense. Defense does win championships, but I'm sure people will think differently that offense is the one to put points on the board. And I think, <laughs> but I still, I'm a firm believer defense wins championships as well. And that's, I think that's what it's definitely going to come down to. And Carney Kelly definitely, I think probably has the best defensive team right now, probably in their class. So we'll see about that. Unfortunately, Carney High suffered another heartbreaker. But I must say, Buck, just, I'll see a little bit of the highlights of the game. I saw that the Columbus Telegraph, they did like a quick highlight of that game. And there's a couple things that I took away from this loss to Carney High, their loss to Columbus. Um, for one thing, Columbus is good, kind of over underestimated them uh, just because of their schedule because they haven't really beat anyone. But they look pretty good. But another thing is that Carney High, the Bearcats, they can, I mean, I've been, we've been saying this for a while now, that they can go against any team in Class A. It's just that schedule is just all, it's just brutal. And you can see just, but just on their record two and four, but just look what they had to go through. And they were right there. It was that field. They made a field goal. They had a lead, but there was still plenty of time left for Columbus to make a run of their own. And it came down to that final play. And I mentioned this that when you have a top tier big time player like Ernest Hausman, you expect him to make a big time play. And that's exactly what they did. The game-winning touchdown, it was on fourth down, and that was the heartbreaker for Carney High, and that pretty much seals it. And granted, Carney High, they made some big plays of their own, like the DeAndre Dugway, pick six, they run the ball well. And then, and not to mention, I even found out that Caden Miller didn't even play that game. Yeah, Caden Miller's injury is going to be the uh, key to the rest of the season. And I'm not sure when or if he'll be able to come back. That's going to be crucial for Carney because that was, that was their playmaker. And how much of a big difference when you, if you had Caden Miller on that field? It will give you at least one touchdown that probably could have won you that game. Probably. Probably. But still, even without Caden Miller, you still put up 31 points and back and forth game. And that's something that you can take a step forward for Carney High for these remaining three games. They got Lincoln High, and Lincoln High is 3-3, three and three, but they're no slouch. They got some guys. They got some dudes, and they even had a competitive game against Columbus, even though they lost to them. But I wouldn't see why that they cannot beat um, Lincoln High, but they do have a couple of players that might get them some troubles. Like their quarterback, Sharice Lott-Busby, 
I assume that's his name. I apologize if I botch his name, but he's pretty good. He's already over almost at 1,200 yards in passing and 10 touchdowns. They also got a six foot, six foot four, 180 pound junior receiver named Benny Nagoi, who has five of those passing touchdowns. So they got some guys, and I think I think Nebraska's looking at him as well. I think he visited there, unofficial visit, of, of course. So, Lincoln High, they got some guys, but I'm sure from your perspective, after that Columbus performance, despite the loss, that you don't see why they can't beat Lincoln. I don't know. Yeah, they, I'm confident they can beat Lincoln, but I also know that they need to beat Lincoln. We're at the point where Kearney High is starting to have shaky ground on its playoff opportunities. Sure. So they're in, they, they have to pick up these wins now while they can. Would you consider this, or well, we all know that this is a must-win, but at this point, this is more like a sink-or-swim type of mentality for Carney? Not yet, but we're getting close to that point. They definitely need this win for sure. What will be the game plan, Buck? If you're Coach Cole, what are you thinking right now? You're at home. You need this win. Lincoln High, 3-3. Three and three. I'm sure they're thinking that they could beat Carney. Is what they with their high confidence after beating Lincoln Northeast and after going to hotel with Columbus. What are you thinking if you're Coach Cool going to Friday night? You're going to establish the ground game, mix in the pass, play good defense, same as always, same game plan every week. Good, that's good to hear. Good to know that. All right, but let's give away some top performers this week. I can start off. I'm actually glad you actually took me to them. The Minden game, the Minden Holders game. So I wouldn't miss out that 99 yard touchdown run by Carter Harson. <laughs> Carter Harson, he's my top performer on the boys' side. 13 carries for 198 yards, three touchdowns. And Minden, they won that game 27 to 13 over Holdridge. That was a pretty competitive game. It was 27 to 7 at one point, but then Holdridge, they didn't give up that easy. I mean, but Minden's defense, they still hold their ground, but Carter Harson, man. 99 yards, and then the next carry, 69 yards in those two touchdowns. Carter Harson, that guy, he can run it. Got any thoughts on him? I like his name, but I heard, but I know that he's not related to the Harsons from Alma that were outstanding athletes. Hmm. I'm, I'm just glad to see Minden start to win some games. That's been a long time for them, and they used to be, you know, Minden football used to be uh, something to fear. Mm hmm. They move up to three and three right now, but they do got some tough schedules along the way. They're in the right direction. Um, so my top performance on the girls' side, I can't deny it. I think I already gave it to her already, but I we can't deny those thirty-five kills. Ashley Keck, man, wow, thirty-five kills. And even though they lost that game, I mean, Grand Island Central Catholic, they're undefeated. But Ashley Keck, there's no doubt about it. She was probably the best player on that court. The imp- what impresses me is whose record she broke. Uh, I'm going to say that Aaron Gidmanson in the 35 years I've been here is the best athlete I've seen, best volleyball player I've seen. Uh, for Ashley Keck to break one of her records is is a big deal. There's no doubt about it. And granted, there's other good girls that also should definitely be noteworthy as uh, one of the top performers like there's plenty of other, like any of the players from the Carney Catholic softball that it could be like Krista Lee, who had a, two triples in, um, on Monday during the, during the sub districts or 
Braylon Bittercombe, who had 12 strikeouts in those two district games, and she even had three doubles. You can name any of the Carney Catholic softball teams, and you wouldn't be wrong as top performers because each of them can hit it. And we just saw that the district just been released, and they will take on what? Highway 91. Highway 91. What is that? What is Highway 91? That's consolidation or a co-op of like three schools all on Highway 91. Yeah, three schools gone together. They'll play. They'll be decent. Getting back to your outstanding athletes, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to tell you that Krista Lee is the fastest girl in Class C. Oh, she could run. Now, if Carney Catholic could just get her to go out for track. <laughs> that could be helpful. She could definitely, I could see her run 100 yard up in one of those um, 100-yard dash. Another outstanding performance this week, Bella Molina had three home runs and broke the Carney High career home run record. I gave it to her last week, and then she gets another one, back-to-back for Bell Molina. I mean, it was a definitely huge to have her back. I know she's been dealing with injuries um, throughout the season, and it's just starting to look like, even though the record might not show, but it's starting to look like Carney softball is starting to pick pick things up going into their district. Tough district that they're in. Anytime you get to play Papillion, you got a challenge, and Mark sure. Platt's having a great year. We'll see how things go. No, Kearney High in the last two weeks has played fairly well. They, they did okay at conference tournament. You know, mm-hmm. they won the Lincoln Southeast tournament. So mm-hmm. they're they're coming together at the right time. Any other thoughts, Bucks, before we um, head out? Big game in the region this uh, week is uh, Arapahoe at Bertrand football. Arapahoe's undefeated. Bertrand's only lost once, and that's to Dundee County Strap. Was ranked number two before they got upset this week, so... It'll be a big game for Bertrand. Okay. Who you got, Buck? Michigan, Nebraska. Based on the long, the long form, you got to go with Michigan. All right. I'll give you a hot take. I think Nebraska wins by a field goal. How about the Muskers? <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Hub Sports Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Hub Sports blog or at the pistol at underscore D-A-P-I-S-T-O-L. Or follow Buck's Twitter handle at HubSports underscore Mahoney, M-A-H-O-N-E-Y. Give us some feedbacks. Let us know what you think. And we'll see you all next time at the HubSports Podcast.